kind of grab the bull by the horns. It's Sunday, February 28th. I'm coming at you with an episode of someone else's show on a Sunday as a little sneakity treat. Regular listeners of this show will know that I have been expecting a baby and said baby has arrived. I am now the father of a second son who is, uh, what, eight days old at this point. And it's pretty freaking sweet, but uh, as you can imagine, it does not allow me a lot of free time for things like new episodes of this very podcast. So I'm sorry that you don't get to listen to a free podcast. I'm busy sustaining a human life, okay? A little more important than you and uh, your podcast listening. Sorry. However, I did want to drop in on a Sunday for a little bonus to deliver something that I think you will definitely find worth listening to. And it is an episode of Ren Likes to Talk. Ren Navarro, who listeners of this show will know, uh, is the founder of Beer Diversity, um, an organization that is really just her, dedicated to consulting breweries on diversity in the industry. She has a podcast now, and I got to be on it. So the episode I was on went live uh, yesterday on Saturday, but I thought I would drop it in your feed for subscribers to the Beer and Bullshit podcast because I think if you like beer and bullshit and listening to people talk about those two things, you will definitely like Ren's show and you should definitely listen to it. Here at Beer and Bullshit, we obviously make some effort to bring a diverse voices to the program. Uh, however, it is literally Ren's mandate and her livelihood, so I think her show does a great job of it, and frankly, you should listen to it to get some more diverse voices in your ear holes. So, because I'm not 100% sure when we'll come back with Season 3 of Beer and Bullshit, we definitely are, just not quite sure when yet, I thought I would drop this show in the feed and give you an opportunity to go subscribe to Ren Likes to Talk. Um, That's it. I'm going to try to get some sleep. I'll be back soon. We have some amazing guests already lined up for Season 3. Season 3 will be fantabulous. Until then, be well, wash your hands, and uh, here's a chat with Ren from Ren Show. I'm Ren, and I like to talk. Another week, another chat with a friend. Welcome to Ren Likes to Talk. Obviously, I am Ren. And this week, I'm going to be talking to everyone's favorite online curmudgeon, Ben Johnson. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Ben. I like that intro. <laughs> yeah, I'm, work- I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> That's going in my bio now. <laughs> Ren Navarro calls me. Uh, so, Ben, I know who you are, but tell the, the fine, fine folks who you are. Uh, I am a... Maybe former blogger, I don't know, occasional blogger, uh, beer writer, and host of the weekly podcast, Beer and Bullshit. That's me in a nutshell. Yeah, Yeah, the podcast I've been on. Yes. Um, It's it's funny Mm -hmm. that... You know, I I never think of anyone being a former blogger. It's like, oh, once a blogger, always a blogger. Well, I I feel like it's like my output now is like monthly. So it seems, you know, inappropriate to call myself a blogger. I still write. I just finished something for The Growler, which is probably the only publication I still write for with regularity. Ontario's Craft Beer Guide, The Growler. Get it today. (laughs) Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, I've done some stuff for the Globe and Mail back in the day. Uh, I would say when I started this and maybe, I don't know, I don't want to use the word famous because I'm not fucking famous, but like people probably know me from when I used to write for Blog TO in Toronto. I had a couple posts a week doing my top 10 whatever the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started Ben's Beer Blog as kind of like a a place for the, I think, more interesting and involved political stories related to beer that Blog TO often didn't want to hear. So the blog took off and here we are. Yeah, so crazy. Like I was, um, so quite often I, I talk about you in in my sessions and, and things I do because of an article you wrote what feels like 10,000 years ago yeah. entitled Why is Craft Beer So White? Yeah. Where you went looking to see where the color was in beer. Yeah, I found you <laughs> yeah. no one else. <laughs> it was in Travis. <laughs> yes, sorry, that's, a, that's not fair, yeah. But no, and I was, uh, it's interesting because it wasn't exactly a new article or a new idea, but unfortunately, I think because I am straight white man, it got a lot of traction, which is fucking part of the problem. But I was like, well, I have a platform. So it was interesting. The, the, the interesting thing to me, maybe not so surprising, was the like, people like, this isn't a problem. That's always the response, right? Like... We talked to the Society of Beer Drinking Ladies. Men were like, this isn't a problem. Like, of course it's not a problem for you. Like, this is the whole point. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so how long ago did you write that article? I'm trying to remember. I feel like, uh, I mean, I've been writing about beer since roughly 2011. Let's call it, I don't know, 2017. If I'll have to guess. I'm not sure. Because I feel, because I was still a rep. And I feel I, like I'd been not in it that long. Like, I mean, I've been, I've been out of repping for almost three years. So it's like, okay, so then it wouldn't have been my last place because that was a year and wasn't the place before. So yeah, like it's probably a good five, six years ago. Yeah. And everything's fixed now. So. Oh yeah. I, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I just do the podcast because I'm now out of work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, could you imagine? Well, you know, it's interesting because the other one I wrote roughly around the same time was um, just addressing sexist marketing in beer, which was another thing like, oh, here we got to have a man write about it. But it, uh, looking back, a lot has improved for that one. Like, I think that the marketing in beer has gotten better in that regard. I'm not so sure it's gotten, I mean, I should ask you, I'm, and I'm not so sure it's gotten more diverse in terms of maybe the audience, but... I don't know about the workforce. Yeah, I think the diversity of the audience has always been there. It's just we've never paid attention to it. Mm. And a lot of it is not connected to craft beer. It's just connected to beer, which means that, like, all the craft beer snobs are like, oh, macro. I don't care. I don't care what you look like. And it's yeah. like, but you can invite people into the craft beer world if they're already drinking beer. Yeah, for sure. And we all... I mean, let's be honest, at this point, we all secretly drink the odd macro beer. Like, I oh. used so militant, but now there's there's fucking corona in my fridge right now. I won't lie. It was Taco Tuesday. What do you want? <laughs> I know. I, I had someone, I, this was like a year ago. Well, I guess it was like pre-pandemic. And, and someone was like, so what do you think about macro beer? Like, it's garbage, right? And I was like, yo, if you walked up to me right now with a PBR, I would crush it. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> also, a- yeah, like, sorry, you were saying. No, I just had a good streak this summer where, you know, Miller High Life was like a go-to in the garage. I have a fridge in my garage. What do you think I'm going to put, like, barrel-aged stouts in there? 
uh, honey, I'm going to live in the garage because I'm having to keep here. Uh, yeah. See you next case. Yeah, I have thought about putting like a hammock in there, but uh, maybe next year. Oh, so good. <laughs> I just, I think, I think that like that's part of why we don't see the change in diversity because there's still such a, a split between craft beer and macro, which yeah. it's, I, I don't know, like, okay, so the definition of craft beer, like, what is it? It's, oh God, this argument. Right? But that's, that's the thing. Like, And I think it's such a weird argument because it's like, oh, the thing that is like handcrafted and like you can take the passion and, and it's in every bottle or every can that comes out of this place. And it's like, we have some craft breweries that are like macro size. Oh, yeah. Like, well, how- I think they would I think they would flinch at that because macro is massive. Like we like the, the biggest craft brewery in Ontario is like minuscule compared to the smallest macro so like we have this weird perception of like oh muskoka's huge or amsterdam's huge like sleeman would step on them you know what i mean like they're not that big yeah it's true i mean out here we have uh waterloo brewing which i always think of as just like massive right and it's it's craft brewery right yeah and I just, I think it's so funny because people are always like, craft breweries are going to be small and they're like, you know, five people working, working their asses off. And I'm like, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing, right? Like I, I was, uh, well, for the upcoming Growler, I profiled Collective Arts and it's, you walk this like fine line, I think maybe only craft beer and like punk rock. Is it like the more popular and successful you get? the more detrimental it is to your fan. Like at a certain point you sell out, right? You're like, how the fucking dare you actually make money? Like, (laughs) didn't you just get into this to like, you know, be indie and stick it to the man? You're like, actually I got a fucking mortgage. Yeah. I have a kid and sometimes that kid likes to eat. I don't know. Right. So, I I mean, I mean, I think I'm very guilty of driving a lot of this like anti-macro rhetoric because in my like back in those blog to days that was my shtick right like fuck the beer store and fuck anheuser-busch and definitely still fuck both of them but <laughs> I, I don't like discredit people for wanting to make money this is a business yeah, I, I think we, we totally forget that piece. And I mean, like, you know, the, the whole notion of craft breweries getting bought up and people being like, I'm not drinking it anymore. Like, you know, in the case of Mill Street and people were like, I'm yeah. dying. And it's like, it, that beer still tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, it's, and, and like you said, it's your favorite punk rock brand, band that suddenly hits big and you're like, I'm gonna burn all their CDs and I'm going to like get rid of my downloads. And it's like, because now other people get to find out about that. Exactly. There's actually a really cool um, series. I think it was on Crave. It's called Punk, and it, and yeah. it's talking about the history of punk rock. But uh, one of the like biggest punk producers was a guy who was actually in Bad Religion, who's like an awesome punk band. But he produced The Offspring, and like when The Offspring went like mainstream, everyone was shitting on them and like fuck yeah. Offspring. And meanwhile, there's this like hardcore punk guy from Bad Religion. He's like I. Well, that's what we want to do. We want to get yeah. to the record stores. We want to get that shit in people's ears. So it's kind of the same with beer. But Mill Street, I will say, I haven't bought a Mill Street beer since because, it's, I don't know, it's just a principal thing. Like, I would rather my money goes to someone small. And I know you work with them, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but there, it was an interesting thing when that first happened is because um, they had, like, this press junket, like, this weird thing where they brought in 
bloggers and like influencers. They flew people in. I was living in Toronto. They paid for me to be in a hotel room and take a train to Mill Street. And it was like a little like summit to be like, hey, we're still craft. It was so weird. So I was first of all, I was like, this is not what craft breweries do. <laughs> and second of all, who cares? Like, just forget pretending to be craft. I wish that Mill Street was like, fuck you, we're successful now. Forget the word craft. Just stop yeah. trying to be that other thing and just be like, I built a successful company. Yeah, that is what it is, you know? Anyway. And I think and I think it did change. I think that as as breweries started getting bought up, because I think again, that's like what what feels like forever ago. So it's probably like five years ago. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what year is it? No, what is what is time? I never know what day it is. I don't know what year it is. Um, but <laughs> but that that notion of of them at that time being like, hey, we need to like make sure that we're cool and that you still love us. Mm-hmm. And and I mean now it happens and everyone's like, Meh, whatever. Right. And and it's almost like if you could go back in time and be like, listen, this is gonna happen a lot, and you're just gonna be one of the the hundreds or thousands that it happens to, and just keep making good beer and chugging it out. And yeah, uh, I just bristle at this notion where they're like, nothing's gonna change. I'm like, just don't do that. We're better than that at this point. We all know. Like when Anheuser Busch signs the checks, it's different. Like just admit it. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's hard. I think it's that same. You know, back to the analogy of like your favorite band, and it's like, well, we still want to do what we do. And and the thing is, like to say in general, whether you've been bought out or not, nothing's going to change. Hi, we have milkshake IPAs and slushy beers now, and <laughs> and like things with gelatin. Um, Things are changing. I don't know if it's changing for the better, but they're changing, and I'm I'm scared, and it's it's dark, and I'm cold, and I think the wolves are after me. <laughs> Enter in logger days. Like, yeah, give me, <laughs> give me something familiar and not scary. I have so many loggers in my fridge right now. It's the way to go. It's <laughs> pandemic drinking. It's like comfort food. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, I mean, what do you think about all these changes? Um, I don't know. You introduced me as the curmudgeon of the internet, so I'm. <laughs> A little hesitant to go off on a rant here. You can <laughs> live up to the title, Ben. No, I think uh, it's like with any relationship with like a thing, you go after what's new and exciting and you want to explore everything until you kind of settle into your, I don't want to say rut, but like I used to go to punk shows and like explore new music and it's with anything else. I was like a fiend for like going to live shows and discovering new things and trading albums and now I'm like, that's still the music I listen to. And like I'm like, yeah, this is my thing. I found my thing. So I feel like with craft beer, I totally did that. Like I was like crazy for like, give me all the things. I want to try them all. And then I'm like, you know, you kind of figure out what you like. Like I've never been crazy for sour. So that's going to be like, a th- I don't know. But I like, yeah, I, I get it. They're well made. They're amazing. I've had something like, wow, technically I totally get what's going on here. But like, I don't really pack my fridge with sours anymore. Like I'm, I'm, I go crazy for like a nice balanced porter now. Like, but, <laughs> but I think that's just what happens. It's like a natural trajectory of like your craft beer evolution. And I have friends, like, this is going to sound so snobby, but are earlier on in that trajectory, right? Like I'm not saying I'm like a more advanced, but like I have buddies who like, they just drink like lager or whatever. They drink like Coors Banquet or like, oh, Coors Organic. But, like, even then, like, oh, I, I, like, I was at my buddy's house, like, for a, a socially distanced fire when we could still do that in Ontario. And he had, like, some jutsu kicking around. I'm like, all right. Like, the, you know, it's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm really starting to like, like, IPAs and stuff. I'm like, this is exciting. I'm excited for you. Like, I'm, I'm over that. But I'm like, 
like I still love IPAs, but you know what I mean. Like you get out there and it's it's fun and exciting, but then you like I don't know. Maybe I'm just boring, but like I don't thirst after the next best thing. I have no, you know, desire to drink beer that has is viscous. Like fuck that. I don't do not want to drink thick beer. The word viscous makes me want to vomit. <laughs> well, don't put it on any labels if anyone's listening. It's making. <laughs> Maybe just call it thick ass beer and it'll have better marketing. Oh but uh, oh my god. So naming. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, obviously the the talk about sexist beer labels continues because it's never going away. It's not a hundred percent cured. Yeah. Um, but but names of things that are coming out. And and I'm I'm at that point where I'm like barely paying attention anymore because I'm I'm at I'm the like, oh just want a good lager and I'm just gonna order from the same three places. Right. Um but every so often a name pops up and I'm just like, are we back to this? Are oh. we like, are we going back there? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you still roll your eyes, but uh, yeah. And I, I forget who I talked to this about, but like, I get how it happens, right? Like men are pretty basic. <laughs> you get a, <laughs> seven of them standing around a pilot brew system, making a stupid beer, probably drinking like eight beers over the course of the day. Like, what do you want to call this thing? tits are gonna come up because they're idiots but there should be a few filters between these dummies making a beer and it hitting a shelf so i don't know i don't know where that happens in the middle there but like i understand why it happens but there should be some sort of like mechanism where marketing goes "Uh -uh." which beer are you talking about like there's like so many things just popping up in general like you know there's I feel like there's apologies for something weekly or like, you know, Hey, we've had to change our name. And like, I, you know, I mean, I, I think of, I think it was last year, there was like that place in the, the States that had the beer called MILF. Oh God. And, but, but it was like, it, I can't even remember how they got around it, but they were like, Oh, it was actually like uh, a tribute to mothers and like all this stuff. And then they ended up fixing, they changed the name. It still had like a mother tie-in with it but then they did like something for charity for like new mothers and like all of this stuff and they were like we learned we did better and it was like but same thing like how did how did you put that on a label it wasn't even like a hand-printed label like you paid someone to like paint it <laughs> yeah it's like when you watch a bad movie and you're like how many hundreds of people were involved in this and no one was like wait a minute this is terrible like how does it happen i, I don't know it just still happens though I don't, yeah, I don't know. And I think that it's, you know, I would, I was hoping that with all of us just kind of hanging out, being like pandemic days, I mean, I'm just on the internet all day, that yeah. more people would be like, hey, wait a minute. But like, I don't see a lot of, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't, I can't think of any recent offenders, honestly, but I'm sure you're right. I, maybe I'm just in my own pandemic mode, not paying attention to <laughs> But yeah, there were some bad ones. But I, I think the ones that were called out, like, people get it now. I haven't seen a, a label that's made me go, like, ooh, in a while. So at least that's improved. Yeah. And I feel like that took a really long time. Like, mm -hmm. you know, talking about that article that you wrote in, like, I don't know, the pre-1800s. Um... I can Google. Like, I'm in front of the computer. I don't know why I'm not looking this stuff up. But, like... You know, it was how many years of back and forth. And I just, I loved that article. I mean, this is, you know, for those listening, this is not the Ben Johnson Appreciation Hour. Um, it should but, be. I don't uh, know why it isn't. <laughs> but I love this article for a reason, because 
you know, you went and talked to all these breweries and it was like, hey, you know, that name is offensive. And and there was one person who was like, at least we weren't this brewery with this label. And I was like, did you just throw shade when your label is still problematic? Yeah, you got to love that whataboutism. Like, well, I'm not as bad as this guy. I'm like, that's not a defense. You're both in the article, so neither one of you wins. <laughs> yeah. So it was 2016 for Why Is Craft Beer So White? And 2017, let's talk about sexist beer marketing. And yeah, I think all of the breweries mentioned have cleaned up their act since then, with the exception of, uh, fuck it, the Niagara Brewing Company. I don't know what's going on with that company. I, I don't know. Everyone got uh, blocked they them. They blocked me. Like every time I've tried to call them, I tried to, like three times I tried to contact them this, for this article and they just don't give a shit. <laughs> Whatever. There's tourists coming here every day drinking the beer with the sexy lumberjacks. So we don't need these, you know, elite elitist beer blogger guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those people. <laughs> and who? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. I I do I do think that changes are being made and things are getting a little better. But it's uh it, it's strange. It's so strange because also now everyone's like we're good and we did good things and it's like what you really do? We changed a problematic label. You know, win a biscuit for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look what I did. A good thing. I'm almost reasonable now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i don't know if it's i don't know like it feels like there's came a time when we just started to hold people generally more accountable i don't want to say cancel culture because that's super negative I, I think cancel culture is just a shitty way to say holding people accountable which is something we should do <laughs> like not canceling you you fucked up and we're aware of it yeah but um i do think we've moved to a place where like it's part of the conversation now like uh you you can't really do what you used to be able to do for better or for worse i guess i guess for better let's be honest for, but... for a lot better <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know i um i'm trying to think of like the last time somebody really called someone out in the beer industry and it's either a no one's doing it or b it doesn't really need to be done as much as it used to need to be done yeah i i always wonder because i i do i don't want to say i miss people being like hey remember this time you did this bad thing but yeah. I'm, I'm finding it's happening a lot more outside of ontario and it's happening in the states like there's a lot of stuff going on in bc and there's you know there's been like some stuff in nova scotia um and and when i was thinking of bad beer names it finally came to me uh nine locks has has still kept their dirty blonde and then as their dirty as their blonde light, is the least original name forget just, the sexual undertones it's just yeah, so it's, lazy it's, yeah, and, and instead of changing the name, they put out a beer called Frig Off. Mm. Classy. Because, you know, I want to I wanna take your, your constructive criticism, and this is what I'm going to reply with. Right. There's a beer for you. But well, I, yeah. My social justice warrior jurisdiction is just Ontario. I, someone yeah. else has BC. That's a different guy. I, like, <laughs> I can only go so far. You are lucky. I get tagged in a lot of that stuff. I know what's happening in Canada. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you're like the go-to now, right? That must be exhausting. I mean, I said this, I mean, when I was like, oh, I should have a, a podcast about, like, let's talk diversity. I'm like, sorry, Ren, like, who do I go to? And then the same thing happened, like, I was talking to Erica Campbell, and uh, she's just been in the beer industry forever obviously you know her founded the society of beer drinking ladies and i found myself asking her questions like what's it like to be a mom and work in beer and i'm like this is so not fair like i've never asked any man what it's like to be a dad in beer but it's like you get pigeonholed as like hey you're the lady in beer or like hey you're the black lady in beer you're the gay person in beer it's, it's not really fair 
Yeah. And I, I think that it's for as hard as people are trying to get away from it, it's just such an easy thing to slip back into. Like, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm one of the co-founders of society and um, I've left years ago, but people are still like, how did it feel to do it? And I'm like, do what? Like, I'm still, I'm just living. Like it was a group of us just did a thing. <laughs> like, what, how did it feel to get dressed this morning? Like, that's what you're asking me. <laughs> Honestly, Ren, it was a huge pain in the ass to get dressed this morning. Did not oh, want totally, to do it. It totally was. I had to rush to to do a talk at 9 a.m. And I was like not in good shape by the time I sat in my chair, which is probably like 200 feet from my bed. Uh, <laughs> it's not like I had to be somewhere. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I know I'm, how I'm late for work more often now than I'm. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been the great thing. Like I, you know, normally I will do my hair if I have to do something on on camera with people. And yeah. this morning I was like, Duke it is." Cause yeah, no, I I'm, got I got hats nearby always. Like if there's no there's no product happening these days. Oh yeah, I I, I finally embrace the whole like because you know everyone's like growing their hair, like doing something different. And obviously lockdown means I can't go to see my barber. Shout out to Eddie at the green room. And so I was like, I guess I'll just grow my hair out. And I have been reminded in the last few weeks of why I always cut my hair. This stuff <laughs> is a pain in the ass to deal with. <laughs> I'm just like, why? And suddenly I have to adult and try and figure out how to do my hair which I, uh, it turns out I'm super lazy at doing. Yeah. Phase <laughs> one or wave one or whatever we call that thing. It was, uh, I cut my own hair once and it was not a good idea. Yeah. So this one, I'm going to wait till my barber's available. Shout uh, out to Wes for yeah. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so last year, um, so I had a pandemic birthday last year and I was lucky enough that my birthday was the first day of lockdown. Oh, yeah, I told- I'm about to cancel my second. I, mean, I had like invitations out because I do that for my birthday last year in March, and I'm gonna obviously miss this one too. This one's 40 too, so it's, I would have had a big one. Yeah. When's you in March? 25th. On um, the 16th. Mm. Should we do our social insurance numbers now for everyone listening? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it starts with. Oh, I'm kidding. Uh, so. <laughs> Jacob, you'll believe that part. Please. I'm not. I'm not saying what year it is. Uh, <laughs> well, I gave away my age. Uh, whatever. Everyone knows how old I'm. I'm forever talking about it. But yeah. So last year was the first day of lockdown, and obviously, like things got canceled, and I was gonna do like a post-birthday haircut, and they were like, "Listen, we have to cancel." And I was like, "Cool." Like I, I have a couple of razors. I used to, you know, cut my own hair. Haven't done it in a bunch of years, but like, how hard can it be? Yeah. And. So we have two electric razors. One is mine that I've had for, I don't know, like 20 years. And one is Becca's dad's razor. And it's okay. old school. And it has a little lever on the side. And that's how you change the length of it. It's not one of I got, That's what I got, too. So I have metal. a plastic one. I have the plastic okay. one where you put, like, the different guards on it. And then you use it. So yeah. I was like, this, this is going to be the same. So I said it's what I needed. And I'm like, yeah, you know where this is going. You know exactly <laughs> where this is going. So I set it. And I guess that the, the vibration on it slipped the little piece yeah. <laughs> it went from the perfect length to i shaved a full line right up against my scalp is that happening under this tattoo right now or is that no all... no no oh my oh, god yeah. there's like a ton of things like oh, okay uh, so no this was last year on oh, the okay. 17th of march right. and so i was like i guess i have to shave my head and and the whole time becca's in a, a meeting doors closed and i was like i'm just gonna go cut my hair like i'll be back so she gets out of her meeting and i'm sitting in the living room wearing a toque and she's like, I thought you cut your hair. 
And I was like, so about that. And I take the cheek <laughs> off. And honestly, I'm so glad we don't have kids, but I feel like this is a, like, if you had a small child, this would be that moment where I was like, I cut my own hair. <laughs> and she was like, you're literally bald. And I was like, oopsie. <laughs> was she into it or no? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I did it for charity before and I've like, I kept it super short for for quite oh. a while but I mean, like that's all that matters if you're not actively disgusting your spouse you're okay yeah but it was also <laughs> not planned so it was very like this is not what i was expecting i was like it was not what i was expecting either <laughs> so yeah yeah the hair stuff is she just rolls with it but now I'll, I'll get like this is probably the fifth iteration of facial hair i've had and i always have a creepy mustache phase between the beard and there's no, like I'll come out there was one time I came out with like just the like pencil thin and she's like get the fuck away from me like on water style <laughs> oh it's so gross she's so like was taking my picture like it backfired she's like I'm gonna put you on Instagram I'm like okay it's done it's done <laughs> oh man this is the only time where you can just go nuts with things and be like if you yeah. see me it's it's on zoom and you don't have to worry about it like exactly well, and I had this, like, I feel like everyone had this, like, I'm going to use this time to get in shape. Like, I was, like, like researching braces. Like, I'm going to have straight teeth. Like, everything's going to be perfect. Like, I've done none of that shit. Like, I buy sweatpants online. Like, I don't do any of that. Yeah, I uh, I have a bass guitar because when I was in my 20s, I was like, I'm going to learn how to play bass by the time I hit 30. And I never even bought one at that point. And so, like, a few years ago, I was like, maybe I should try this and, like, try and learn before I turn 50. And during the pandemic, like early days, I was like, this is, this is my chance. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to play all my favorite uh, breeder songs. I'm going to, I'm going to play all my favorite ska. So it's going to be great. I'm going to learn. Uh, so I can do the warm up chords. Uh, <laughs> I, I think my bass is back in the closet. I'm not even sure. I don't know where it is. I can beat that. It's not a pandemic story, but somewhere actually in this room is a trumpet because <laughs> I, <laughs> I <laughs> I had this memory of like grade eight band and then like in high school you had to take like X amount of music classes. I was like, I, th- I was pretty good at the trumpet. So it's like randomly one day I was like, I'm going to learn to play the trumpet as an adult. And I must have said it to my mom because that Christmas I got a trumpet. <laughs> so same story, but I picked it up like after like, I don't know, 20 years, I picked it up on Christmas day and played the scale from memory. Don't know how we nice. did that but I have never done anything with it since. Like, right? as if with my whole family here, I'm going to learn to play the trumpet in my head. <laughs> like, they're going to murder me. So now I'll just occasionally take it out when, like, my wife or son are in another room, and I'll just run around the corner and be like, Bruh! and they're like, what the fuck? That's it's really terrible. good for, it's really, really funny to scare people, and I will always enjoy it. I don't care what anyone says. I can't do it now, because my wife is going to have a baby in, like, two weeks, so you're not yeah. supposed to care pregnant, scare pregnant ladies. But Why? <laughs> Yeah, but I, I will never stop being amused. Even my like my own five-year-old to seven-year-old, like, just run in the room and scare the shit out of him when he's just happily watching cartoons. It's so terrible, but it's fucking hilarious. Oh, my God, your poor child. He's going to have, like, yeah. when oh, he, he grows up, he's going to have, like, some weird phobia that's going to come all the way back to you with the trumpet. There's parts of this house that he won't go in because I scared him in that room, and he's scarred. Like, it's already happening. Oh, no. Furnace room is fucking scary because that's Listen, right. furnace room scary anyway. Right. And there's that's where I keep like, like a tickle trunk of Halloween shit. So sometimes I just pop out of there with a mask on and he's like, what the fuck? Terrible. Hey, that's one of the joys of having kids is you get to scare them. Maybe just me, but I love <laughs> scaring them. 
<laughs> I just I just have cats, and, and occasionally I will scare them, but it's not the same. <laughs> no, it's not cats the same. Are, oh, we won't get into cats versus dogs. Usually, there's a dog sitting right in this bed. Listen, all day. my my cats are dogs half the time, so. See, that's what everyone says to defend their cool cats. Oh, no, God, my cats no. are cool. They're like dogs. Oh, you know my cats really are cool? Assholes. Dogs. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, pre-pandemic, I was too busy for a dog. And now, like, all the time in the world. So you can you can totally, this is this is like my, my little kid moment of, like, I really want, I really want an Italian greyhound. What's an Italian greyhound? It's a dog that looks like you want to beat it up for its lunch money. <laughs> it's... It's like, well, it's a greyhound, but it's fancier. It's a little smaller. Oh, I got to Google. Um, there's a bunch of TikTok videos, which, listen, I'm too old for TikTok, but Instagram shows them, so whatever, don't at me. Yeah. Um, and there's there's this dog. And oh, this dog like, just looks scared. Like, he, all yeah, this. you just put like a little sweater on it. And and part of, part of the whole thing is like, this dog hates like all the things. And I'm like, I hate all the things. So I think this should be my <laughs> dog. And it's a dog that thinks it's a cat. And I'm like, well, if I have the dog that thinks it's a cat and the cats that think it's a dog between the two, I have a dog? Yeah, it's a good, good balance. Well, I would say if you really want a dog, this is like a public service announcement part of this, wait a couple months. Because so many people are buying dogs right now. Oh, I'm not going to buy a dog. I'm lazy. I'm lazy There's going to be so many dogs in shelters soon. Like, like yes. So many people are like, oh, let's get a puppy for the pandemic. And they're like, fuck, why did we buy a puppy? So adopt a dog. That's adopt what we a dog. Have. Not to be one of those people, but we rescued a dog because A, it's cheaper. And, <laughs> and B, they come with all kinds of anxiety and they never shut the fuck up. <laughs> you love your dog. He's great, but he's... Yeah, but, but I mean, I, yeah, our, our cats are rescues. Our friends found them in their backyard in November. So we've... Okay. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, we didn't pay for them. But they are designer cats, so... Designer cats. Yeah, they're Bombays. They're like bred to look like mini panthers. And they're oh. like... They're perma kittens and they're awesome and they're very they're very like people focused. So like each one of us has a cat. That's cool. It's because we've been designated it's human. Yeah, yeah. Get that. Yeah, they're awesome. But it's yeah, I mean, definitely adopt, don't shop and and to the number of people who got pets during the pandemic, it's like, you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I know. Hopefully those dogs don't stick around. <laughs> well, and, and also not like we're going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Yeah. There's that. So you have at yeah. least three years with your new dog. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so this is mainly a cat and dog focused podcast that you do? Is that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we're at now. It's uh, Ren Likes to Talk, Dogs and Cats. And Please, sometimes... Can that be the name of the episode? Don't even <laughs> mention me. <laughs> Ren talks about dogs and cats. Also in. some guy. <laughs> There's a guy she called out and he answered and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think of what we were talking about before, but we were talking about how you're like a go-to person, and I, yes. I was going to mention you kind of at least you like monetized it. Like you're like, all right, I'm going to be that person. <laughs> Pay me. <laughs> so shout out, like kudos for that. Like recognizing that, like, okay, if I'm going to be your go-to, because I think you should get paid for what you do if you do it well. So. Well, and I thank you. And I think that, that some of that gets forgotten too, right? Like, you know, your black friend is Google. It's like, actually, your black friend is Google. Your not black Google. friend is Google. I've never heard that before. That was good. It's, it happens all the time. I mean, like, people will message me. I got a, I got a message from, from this guy who seemed nice enough, but literally just like rapid fired a bunch of questions. And as I read it, I was like, you could have Googled that. 
you could have Googled that. You could have Googled that. That's a personal experience that I don't know you, so I'm not sharing it with you. And have a nice day. I don't even understand the inclination. Like, hey, help me understand black people because you're the only one I know. Is that kind of the vibe? Oh. Yeah, it was a total me, Obi-Wan. You're the only one. And it's like, <laughs> actually, I'm not. <laughs> God. Yeah, and I just, I think that, that you know, I've been, I've been really lucky. Like, this wasn't supposed to be a company that survived as long as it did. And I think at the beginning, I was kind of like, oh, it's a little side project. And it's going to go for, like, six months, maybe a year. And then I'll, like, go find something else to do full time. And just it's like oh this is gonna be my job till I die <laughs> like I don't I don't see it changing because I think that it's too many of us are like but I'm a good person and yeah. I'm an ally and it's fine and I don't need the help and it's like oh you called yourself an ally you need help yeah <laughs> but I have a black square on my Instagram that one day <laughs> I won't go there I know that. Well, no, it's really funny because someone someone asked me about it and I did the same thing and they're like, so it's bad. And I was like, did you do it? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, most people's hearts are in the right place. But yeah, the companies yeah. that do it, I'm like a little bit. You could do more. You have a company like you have dollars. I don't even know if it's dollars. I think that it's. Because even for the people whose hearts are in the right place, like if you ask them why they did the black square, they don't have like a real solid explanation. They're just like, oh, it was the day that we showed up and listened to black people. And I'm like, you didn't even name a black person to listen to. You were just like, I'm going to be quiet. Go go find a black person somewhere. Good luck. And can you tell me where you find them? <laughs> where are the black people? Huh. Yeah. Like there were, there were very few people who actually like wrote something with the post. I'm trying to think what I I'm going to have to go back down and erase whatever I wrote before you do. <laughs> before you go looking. I'm like grabbing my phone. I'm like, well, no, keep talking, Ben. It's fine. Like, whatever. It's, uh, I think anyway. I did something trite, too. Like, it was probably song lyrics or something. I don't know. But I definitely... Hey, at least you wrote something. Right. Okay, good. I'm I'm special. I'm good. Thank you. But I was supposed to ask you, what were those song lyrics? Were they <laughs> yeah. Bob Marley? Were they fucking Bob Marley? Oh, it was Marley. a Dwight Yoakam song. I really like, why? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Ben. You're really looking right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking. I'm oh, like, God. I think it was Sam Cooke. That's what I'm going to guess. Oh, then if it's that, then that's amazing. Okay. Okay, I'm not even going to look. I'm sure whatever it was was great. You said it was good, so I'm good. Well, yeah, it's kind of sad that you uh, have some job security in this job because you, this isn't an overnight fix for sure. Would you ever go – Would you, like, are you going to get back into the – would you get back into the industry in a sales role again? I think about it and I freak out. I don't think I could do it anymore. <laughs> I like, I, oh yeah, it was. You did, you did post the Sam Cooke lyric. There you go. Instead of just a black box, you put like the full lyrics on top of it. It's nice. Whoa. I like it. Look at me. <laughs> um, I think that when I think about being a sales rep, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. And I think that the way it's changed and the pressures of it, I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. That's a really uh, interesting part of this industry we don't talk about. And I I didn't want to get into it with Erica too much because I feel like it's also like the shadiest part of this industry in some ways. Like the shit that sales reps have to do and the shit they hear from bars. Like it's, I think that would be, like I want to explore that on a podcast, but yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, how much have you paid for draft lines? Like <laughs> I want to go down that I think, sketchy I think, road. But I, I think that, that some of it, you know, and I don't want to say like it's sketchy. I think that sales of anything always has that weird like yeah yeah. Array, so you gotta be like, on all the time, and there's this weird vibe. But 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a 24-7 job. And you have to be a people person, but you also have to be okay to be alone a lot. Mm. Right? Like, so you're on for, like, Sounds 20... Sounds great. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's a guy's been stuck in a house with a rescue dog and a pregnant wife and a seven-year-old. Maybe sales. <laughs> They're like, uh, I'm going to go do this now. I'll see you whenever. Just kidding. I don't know it's... if she's listening. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, wait. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that, you know, like, the especially for the beer, the beer world, like, sales got romanticized for a very long period of time. And then it's only it's only been in the last few years where people are like, listen, it's a lot. Like, I got to be on and I got to be like on call and I got to be able to answer everything. And I have to be able to, you know, explain or accept when people are like, where's my deal? And it's like, I'm the deal. Ta-da. You get to hang out with me. service is the deal. Yeah. Yeah, the sketchiness for me, I was referring more to the people you have to deal with. I mean, not to pigeonhole or like, you know, stereotype people that work in bars, but man, <laughs> like, I, like I worked in a lot of bars going through university and stuff. And like back in the day, it was like every like servers were all doing coke and everyone's fucking each other and bar managers are just like lecherous people. See, I'm totally pigeonholing them all. <laughs> but like, I mean, the, the service industry is like, there's some bad people in the service industry. And like, if that's your clientele all day, that would be exhausting. Yeah, I think I think that the the number of people that you have to deal with that are like that were becoming less and less and fewer and fewer. And I think that, you know, again, I mean, I haven't I haven't been a sales rep in almost three years. Yeah. And I did it for, for four or five years. So it's like they weren't they weren't that bad all the time. It, you know, you'd have like a stretch of a hundred good and then you have two where you're like, Why am I in this industry? <laughs> because yeah. they would be so bad. But I think as a whole, especially now and like you know, there there are groups, um, not nine to five, who talk about mental health in the hospitality industry and are making it okay to talk about things. So I think that the the lecherous guys are they're getting called out. Yes. Yeah. So they're they're not surviving anymore. I mean, I think they were they were still existing when I was around, but they definitely weren't the majority. Yeah. And and people were saying, like, don't trust this person. And, you know, and reps were saying, which was like, don't go here. If it's this guy, turn around and walk out. If this is happening, don't stay. Like, you know, so we were always kind of warning each other. Yeah, which... that's good. Maybe it's a craft beer thing, too. Like, not to, like, put, like, we always evangelicalize. And evangelicalize? Sounds like a word. Sure. But anyway, we always, like, put it up on a pedestal. Like, I was going to say... The types of places that embrace craft beer, maybe, but well, that's just not fair. <laughs> like, there's bad people everywhere. But I mean, when I was working, in, like, I worked in some, I worked in a little pub that had like bikers and sex workers, and it was not, it was, it was, it was attached to like a shitty motel. So there was a, an, an interesting sort of clientele subset that came through. Anyway, good yeah. times. It was care building. Yeah, that sounds like something. But, it was yeah. fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was actually, well, let's get into it. Why not? We're on a podcast. But it used to be, it's all gone now, so everyone's gone. But there used to be this little pub called the Black Pint, and it was attached to a Howard Johnson. And the oh. Howard Johnson was the cheapest hotel on a strip of hotels. So, like, it was the cheapest spot. So people would come in, and, like, I became pretty familiar with, like, trafficking. I, I didn't know it as the term then, but, like, a guy would roll up with a minivan full of girls and they'd move into the hotel for a week and he would sit in the bar and they'd come back and give him the money. And it was like, 
I didn't really realize what I was witnessing then, but like, okay. And sometimes you had to be like, you know what? You guys, you can't do this in here. Like you just, it's so obvious what you're doing. You got to get the fuck out of my bar. Anyway, this is university for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. My university experience was not that <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. We had a guy from, uh, I feel like I shouldn't mention the name of the biker gang, but the most Please famous. Don't. Biker... <laughs> I don't want to die. I've got shit no, to do. But he came in and just like, like literally hospitalized four people because his his girlfriend was there one night it was like it was it was a rough spot but it was uh i'm telling you life experience <laughs> yeah i i've i've been in exactly one biker bar in my life oh yeah and it wasn't that long ago and i thought my mom was gonna murder me when she found <laughs> out it was uh she's in port dover so friday the 13th oh, which yeah. is like the big biker event yeah. which like whatever we both love it and I, I had gone up with a friend of mine, and it was in October, so it was, like, a little chilly. And we were trying to get into different spots, but, like, one bar was, like, you have to leave your bags at the door. And we both had our cameras with us, and I was, like, that bag is worth a lot of money, and you're asking me to leave it at the door unattended. Yeah, why not? So we left, went to the next bar, which happened to be the biker bar, uh, which has since shut down. But I didn't know it was still a biker bar. Because I'd always heard the stories about it. And, like, you know, one of my mom's friends' families, like, took it over. And I guess somewhere in between, it got back into being a biker bar. Oh. And, yeah, so I got in. And we were sitting. And I just remember walking in and being like, oh, man. Like, I'm used to being the only black person in a spot. But this was, like, I am the only black person. You were neon black that day. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember sitting down next to this woman and, like, asking if the seat was taken. And she turned and looked at me and was like, does it look like it's taken? And I'm like, I do not know how to respond to that. Like aggressively, like, please sit the fuck down. Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> what do I do with that vibe? Yeah. But I remember like sitting next to her and she was, you know, and it's like those moments that are burned into your skull. Like, I think this was probably a good 10, 15 years ago. And, uh, and you know, we're sitting there and she starts chatting and she's like, yeah. So, so my daughter's with a colored guy. Oh. And, I, and my blood ran cold because I was like, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I, I I now understand why my mom was like, don't hang out there. Yeah. And uh, she's going to be sad I died, but she's going to be like, I told her. I told her not to go. And I just remember being like, oh, 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 okay. That's, that's, um, yeah. And she looks at me and she's like, my granddaughter, love of my life. He treats her like gold. And I was like, did not see this coming. Did not expect this. <laughs> I could have gone either way, yeah. <laughs> and she was just like, tomorrow, find us. I want you to meet my granddaughter. And I was like, yeah. No, that's never fucking happening. I, I don't want to ever see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> just trying to finish this beer and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm going to chug this beer. Watch me now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I've uh, I've only ever felt that way once in my entire life. I mean, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I was up north and I, like, there was one bar and it was all indigenous people. And I walked in and it was like, the music stopped. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm just fine. I'm gonna, that's my, like, that's my brush with not feeling privileged for a minute. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. It was rough. I tell you. Yeah. Finished my beer, went home, bam, back into my privilege. It's like exactly a right. The second I walked out that door, I was in my little bubble again. I missed you suit of privilege. <laughs> It's like a glove. Yeah. So comfy. <laughs> I mean, it is comfortable. That's the problem. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. 
But, so what yeah. are we supposed to talk about? We're, like, we're, we're just shooting the shit. This is your show, eh? This is the show, man. This is the whole, like, I don't I don't want this to be groundbreaking news, though it can be if you have anything. Um, um, <laughs> this is this is the the podcast version of What You Drinkin'. So really, it's just, uh, it's my excuse to talk to my friends. I like and, it. And it's my excuse to see friends during a pandemic. Yeah. Well, it's good, good to see you. I mean, last time in person was Milos for sure. Oh, Yeah. Probably the time before that. (laughs) That was that was forever ago. Like I haven't seen you in over a year. Yeah, for sure. So maybe when we're all vaccinated, I don't know what. This is how this always ends. Hey, hey, I I hope I hope when we all get vaccinated, but we're getting vaccinated so slowly and everything's mutating that it's going to take us like twenty years. So. I literally, while I was making lunch, I heard Justin Trudeau on the radio saying, everyone in Canada will be vaccinated by September. I don't know how the fuck that's going to happen, but let's do it. I mean, OJ Simpson got his vaccination. I saw that on Twitter. I'm like, okay, OJ killed two people. Can we get some Canadian like, vaccines oh, here? my God. I, I what, what is this list of priorities that OJ is on it? I, I I hadn't heard that, and I he tweeted it, and then it got widely retweeted. He's like, "I got mine. Did you get yours?" I'm like, "All of Canada's like, no." <laughs> like what? Yeah. yeah, that's that's great to know. I mean, we're already running out, and uh, so my mother-in-law is a, a nurse, a retired nurse, but she was like, "Yeah, you know, they say like 21 days to get your second dose if that's the one you're getting." Yeah. It's just like people are like 45 days. Like, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Well, hopefully we sort it out. Yeah. At this point, I'm just watching numbers in London in my local hospital because I got to get, we got to get a baby out and get home and lock the doors. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. Sealing this house up like I'm Howard Hughes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please shower, shave, and cut your nails. Why? (laughs) But yes, I will cut my nails. Long fingernails drive me crazy. I love that that was the only thing you agreed to. Showering is overrated. <laughs> I'll say the last, this is like, we're getting way, way down a weird rabbit hole, but the, like, the last, like, the last time I showered, I was like, I'm really cold. It wasn't because, like, I'm dirty. I'm like, I'm going to warm up. <laughs> I love it. I only practice good hygiene because I'm cold. <laughs> I sit in this basement all day. It gets cold. Oh, it's so good. I love it. So, Ben, thank you for spending time and shooting yeah, the show with me. This is, um, this is fun. Tell, tell the good people where they find you. Yeah. Um, well, Beer and Bullshit is wherever you find your podcasts. And yes, there's a, another one called The Same Thing. That's not me. I'm the one that's yellow and black and has my face on it. <laughs> um, but beerandbullshit.ca is a great place to start. And uh, yeah, we have a weekly uh, weekly show. I try to get one out every Wednesday. Personalities from the craft beer world in Ontario, mostly. This week, um, when do you go live, Brent? When is this going on? Uh, this will be probably mid February. Okay, so I don't, I won't plug the next show. But Wednesday, <laughs> we got we got Mandy Murphy from Leftfield Brewery is on Wednesday. So sweet, yeah, amazing. Well, thanks for for hanging out with me. Thanks for your time. It's good to see you at least virtually. Yeah, this is fun. Hopefully, next time it's with a beer in hand. I mean. I'm realistic. It'll probably be on screen, but it's still beer in hand. Beer in hand. Yeah, it'll be good. So thanks. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Ben, for your time. And as always, be good to one another. And I will see you next week. Bye, Ren. Be well.